Welcome. You're listening to Janesville Mobilizing for Changes Together for Change podcast, your source for local substance abuse prevention matters in Janesville and Rock County. Here's your host, Aaron Davis. Good morning and thank you for joining us. This is Aaron Davis, your host for Together for Change. Today, I'd like to welcome Chad Sullivan, the Crime Prevention Officer of the Janesville Police Department. Officer Sullivan, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yes, so the Janesville Police Department and JM4C partner on a lot of different activities. Is that right? Yeah, many things, and it's been a great partnership so far. All right, wonderful. So, Officer Sullivan, can you tell us a little bit about some of the activities you partner on? I mean, one of the things I feel most proud about is our our roundups, our drug roundups. You know, for many years, um, you know, we have scheduled events throughout Janesville and had a lot of success. I mean, I'm very, very happy about our, even our first one was at the the farmer's market and we filled a hundred pound drum with just pills. So um, that success early on made us very um, happy. So even right away, you were bringing stuff in off the street. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, and once we realized that prescription medicine was uh, one of the the biggest problems in our in leading up to our heroin problem, you know, for, I mean, I've been a police officer for 23 years. And back in the day, I just remembered it was crack cocaine. It was, you know, marijuana. Mm-hmm. But that was about all that we really even concentrated on at a patrol level. And it wasn't even till within the last 10 years, I mean, the last eight years that, um, prescription medicine and pills being abused hit our radar, realizing that that was a, a major um, gateway to the heroin problem that we have. So you had mentioned that. How does that work? How does someone go from prescription drugs to heroin? Well, they'll, you know, get an injury. And, and, and this has, this is, it has no barriers. It doesn't discriminate. These these right. drugs, these prescription drugs, don't they don't discriminate on anybody. And anyone ha- can have a surgery. Anybody can have an injury. And for many years, and we've seen a change in prescribing since we've started to do these roundups. Um, and we, and I, and I personal experience, I've had a couple surgeries where 10 years ago, I would get 90 days worth of, of medicine and then with three refills of 90. I would hope that you would be healed within a couple of weeks, right? It's one of those things. It was not top of mind for many adults, and it was very addictive. I luckily, I, I self-admittedly, I don't take my medicine as prescribed ever. I don't think I've ever finished <laughs> a prescription like you're supposed to, right. just because I don't like taking them. But um I would get those prescriptions, and, and, and we started doing these roundups, and we're getting a lot of pills, a lot of pills, and we're like, wow, why are they prescribing so much, and who needs to be at the table um, to talk about this overprescription? So having our RX drown, our roundups identified a problem, right? and that was prescribing. And so were you then able to take action to speak to prescribers? We, as an organization, have done a lot of that, reaching out to the legislature, um, getting 
chiefs and the sheriff and them on identifying that problem of overprescribing, and they were at the table. And now I've seen it myself. You get 10 pills instead right. of 90 and no prescribed, no, and there's no um, refills on these. So I give us a little bit of credit for that because That's, agencies across the, yeah. the country doing these roundups got doctors to pay attention. And so how has the changing the change in prescribing altered your medication roundups? Are they still as successful? Well, yeah, unfortunately. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I think what they're under-prescribing or they're prescribing correctly now is the, the opioids. So those are getting, we're seeing maybe less of those coming. Okay. In, but there's other medicines for blood pressure, for diabetes, things like that, that they'll be prescribed one type of medication that causes side effects. So then they'll change it to another one, and they've only taken, you know, a couple days worth. Right. So they've got all of these extra pills, and then they've got a new prescription, and then that doesn't work, and then there's a new prescription. So we're getting a lot of those, but we are seeing less opioids, which is fantastic. And when you collect things like blood pressure medicine or birth control, um, you know, anything that no longer is needed by the person who's taking it, are those items that could be used by people inappropriately? Or do, yeah. I should say, do people still use them inappropriately, even though they might not have the side effects that they're looking for? I, I can't answer that one. I don't okay. know for sure, but I just know we're collecting a lot of them. So I would just say, I'd assume no. Um, with with those ones, I don't think they would get any kind of um, high or anything like that from the ones that right. we're seeing the most of. Um, we are still seeing fentanyl patches come in. We're seeing very strong... Um, addictive drugs that are being prescribed that are still getting brought in, which tells us also people are starting to listen to this and they're starting to right. realize and they only take what they need and get rid of that other stuff. Um, it sounds just, like maybe there's a, just a few more doctors or prescribers that you need to get out to and share I just, that I message I think the with. word is out. I mean, people do need medicine. I mean, we're, mm -hmm. one of the topics we're going to talk about today is good drugs gone bad. It's these opioids are are necessary for major surgeries to help with pain, um, but they're starting to use alternatives, and right. we're seeing CBD oils and other alternative medicines that instead of opioids that are less addictive or not addictive, according to the the makers of them. So, so we're seeing that change. Let's get into good drugs gone bad. But before we do, for our listeners, are there any prescription drug roundups coming up that you'd like them to know about? Um, yes, we are. Uh, we're doing uh, one next well next month in February on the 15th. We're okay. going to be at Festival of Foods in Janesville um, out on Milton at, or out on uh, Highway 14. And it's going to be from 9 in the morning until 1. All right. And so... Saturday morning. Last one we did at Festival Foods was incredible. You and I were there. Yep. I couldn't believe how many people actually brought their prescriptions in for I us know. to collect. I thought you were going to injure yourself hauling boxes out. <laughs> I mean, we filled <laughs> a lot of those boxes. I, I would give that one of our most successful um, roundups. And this, we're putting ourselves in places where people are going to be going. Um, people have to, you know, Saturday morning is their their shopping day, and we're making ourselves available right. to collect those. So. Hopefully we'll see that success from 9 to 1 on um, February 15th. And, and we just added a new one um, on March 25th. 
which is going to be at the senior center. Okay. They're having an open house for all their members and any potential people that want to join the senior center. Um, and they're very much a target uh, group that we want to offer our, our, our services to um, because they're prescribed a lot of medicines. You know? And that's the Janesville Senior Center on Main Waters, Street. Main Street. Main or Water, I guess you can. I okay. don't know what the address for it is offhand, but. I suppose it faces both. Yeah, it's on both sides, entrances on both sides, but um, it's their open house, and okay. we're going to be there from 9 until noon, I believe. All right, perfect. So, yeah. Chad, if somebody can't make it to the roundups, there are also drug drop boxes at JPD that yep. people can access, correct? Mm-hmm. And and they're everywhere in the county now. We have them at all the police department's uh, lobbies. Um, ours is extremely unique. I'm pretty proud of it, actually. We, uh, <laughs> Officer Jacoby at our police department, you know, f- because people were dropping off everything under the sun. <laughs> they were literally cleaning out their medicine cabinets. Shampoo, conditioner. Yep, and all of the supplements and salves and ointments and um they're just it was a dumping ground it was and it was taking we, originally we had to have a pharmacist along with our id officers to go through the bags of stuff that was in our, our box I'm sorry what's an id officer oh identification officers so right. there are evidence officers and all of our drugs that we collect go into our evidence room until we take them to madison and have them at, a, at the statewide collection event. Okay. And we can get into that too, is how, how what ha- we always get the question, what happens with all the drugs when you take them? Um, but we, our, our box itself, you, Jeff recognized a, a problem with all the extra stuff that was brought off, um, brought to us that was nothing to do with, that we needed to collect. A lot of the stuff can go in the garbage. So all the man hours that we are putting in there, um, separating all the drugs, finding where they're at, separating into boxes. It was a lot of time wasted. And he came up with a solution is, our box, all you can do is dump the pills into the grate. And it goes into a bucket, and all we have all we have is the pills now. So we don't have all the boxes, all of the pill bottles, because we are getting bags and bags of pill bottles. And it was very... So what we recommend is, is people to bring your bags with your pills, dump them in there, um, and then take all the extra trash and things like that. You can take that home with you and put that in the trash. So no liquid? No liquids. Those are only collected at our actual on-site events that okay. we do. Um, pet medicines, fine. Um, so when we have a collection event, we pretty much take everything. And, um, and one thing that people don't realize is if you have your vitamins and your supplements and Stuff that you're taking for your diet and everything that's not a prescription, those can just go into the garbage. Okay. Those can those have no effects on the water table, anything like that. They're usually natural type things. Um, but so anything that has a... You had that? mentioned that there is a process for disposing of the medication. Yeah. So I'm assuming that it's a process that doesn't let them out into the environment or into the water table. What happens to the pills that are distributed or disposed of that's a and that's a question we get a lot is so we collect them and put them in the special boxes that we get from the department of justice and we have blue bags that are all the same across the state every police department has the same collection boxes we collect them we secure them put them in our evidence room until we um, i don't know exactly how many times we go to madison i think twice a year so twice a year, we have a big box truck. We go to all the police departments in Rock County, 
and collect the pounds in the boxes and weigh them, figure out how many pounds are in those boxes, take them up to Madison. We meet at the Alliant Energy Center and all of the police departments from across the state. We palletize them, put them onto um, semi-trucks, and we store them until we have a day that we're going to take them to an incinerator down in Indiana. And the process to get them to Indiana is very interesting. We have decoy trucks. We have police officers that drive the trucks. I suppose you really don't want somebody to intercept that truck. It, it has, you know, it has valuable addictive drugs in there and mm-hmm. mixed into those boxes. And um, learning about it is almost like a TV show. It's like they're running separate semis different places right. and they have one ends up at the right place that needs to be. Makes me think of a spy show. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it'd be kind of cool to drive one of them actually, but we... They go down there and they are incinerated. They're um, federally regulated facility that is you know, environmentally friendly. Everything gets burned up basically down to, and, and disposed of the most environmentally friendly way, I guess. It, it's too bad we don't have one of those facilities in every state. You right. know, we used to have one that's pretty similar, I think, in northern Wisconsin. But for some reason, I believe right now, and I haven't researched this for a couple of years but that place could be somewhere else, but it's it's always going to be an environmentally friendly um, disposal system of burning it up. Well, good. All right, so you had mentioned Good Drugs Gone Bad. What is Good Drugs Gone Bad? Um, good Drugs Gone Bad is a program um, developed by an officer from Menasha. Actually, I've known him for a long time, and it has taken off. It's a, it's a presentation to parents... Uh, we've done them to school staff, businesses, uh, educating people on um, what drugs are being abused and how they're being abused, what our trends in Rock County are for us um, in regards to what drugs are being abused, what we're seeing statistically with overdoses. And um, we highlight some stories in the news of kids who were caught with all these pills at school. It's really educating people that, first of all, these drugs don't discriminate. So there's no class of people. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what your race is, doesn't any of that. But you, most people have these prescriptions in their home. So it's educating them to not keep them in their home. Okay. And, and highlighting some of the most addictive drugs that are probably in their medicine cabinet or next to the bed and these kids that are out there are good kids that have taken some pills started to get addicted and now they know where to find them they're going to go to their grandparents they're going to go to the parents have them in the medicine cabinet it's educating them that kids are stealing these from them Mm -hmm. they're misusing them and they should not keep them in their home they're drugs that have a good purpose but if taking outside of what it how it's prescribed go bad. So let's say that somebody does need to have them in their home. What would you recommend that people do with them? Well, one of the things you offer as Jane's Mobilizing for Change are the medicine lock boxes. It's locking them up somehow, some way. So if you have a medicine cabinet that does lock, lock it, hide your key. Kids are very, very (laughs) resourceful. They can find ways of of doing that if they know that those pills are there. Um, We've caught... Kids is in elementary school selling. Elementary school. Elementary school students wow. selling 
and having these pills available to them and giving them to their friends and whatnot. So fun fact, uh, Officer Sullivan is also a realtor here in Rock County, Mm -hmm. and you're part of the Rock Green Realty Association, correct? Yes, I am. And doesn't the Rock Green Realty Association also provide information to new homeowners about locking up medication? Yep, um, it's available in some of the literature that we'll do when we list homes when we're doing open houses. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that I do with every every seller. If we're going to do open houses, this is what you need to lock up. Right. We do have people and documented cases um, across the country of people just going to houses and getting away from their realtor and rummaging through their stuff to try to find these medicines and find valuables. So that, I remember, I mean, I've been a realtor now for, I don't know, 15 years, so (laughs) a long time, and it was never a topic we talked about until within the last probably five years, honestly. Well, I guess, and it seems, when you hear it, it seems so obvious, right? When you have people that you don't know walking through your home, you should make sure you're locking up things that are valuable. And I guess that as a society, we don't necessarily view prescription medication as valuable. So why would we lock it up? But then exactly. we hear it and it's just like a light bulb moment. Oh yeah, I need to do something with that. Yep. And it's, it's you get that reaction. It's like, med- oh, medicine. All yeah. right. And it's just a topic now that's natural for me. Right. Because of obviously the police work that I do. Um, and they go, wow, thank you for telling me that. I would have never... They're like, what? <laughs> yeah. They're coming on an open house to steal medicines? And I'm like, yeah, it's very common. and um, It's very enlightening. So that, yeah. that that presentation part of Good Drugs Gone Bad, it's pretty amazing. I mean, with Jane and I, we've done so many of them. It's like just seeing the light bulb go on for all these people that, mm-hmm. wow, enlightening them to a major problem where they could be victimized or they could be providing part of the problem and being part of the problem. So it's kind of just, it's a very good educational program that is, we, we don't charge for it. So anyone who's listening to this podcast that would like that to get a hold of Janesville Mobilizing for Change and trying to schedule one of those for your business, for your you know group, women's group, men's group, doesn't matter what it is. And we will educate on current trends and ways to handle your medicines appropriately. And somebody could get a hold of Janesville Mobilizing for Change by calling 608-741-2105 if they wanted to have a good drugs gone bad presentation. Um, So one of the other big things that I want to talk about that JPD does with JM4C are alcohol compliance checks. Yes. That sounds like it's a very important thing to do. Could you talk about that a little bit? It's extremely important. I mean, we have a lot of places that sell alcohol, and they're all regulated by statute. And all you, we hear all of the stories of panhandling, having kids go and asking adults to buy alcohol, um, selling to minors. That's a, a big problem with some places. And these businesses get complacent. They just have, or they have a lot of turnover with their staff, and they're not making checking IDs a priority. Mm-hmm. The good thing is, is we're seeing changes since we started doing this years and years ago. We saw, um, we made a lot of arrests in the beginning when we started doing these and holding these businesses accountable. We don't discriminate. We go, we have a younger person that's under the age of 21. 
that goes into the store with their valid ID and tries to buy alcohol. So no one's trying to trick anybody. It is just going in and we don't target any particular business. Everyone gets checked out when we do these. Mm -hmm. We have officers that are outside in plain clothes. We have officers in uniform. And if they do not follow the rules and check the ID and sell alcohol to a minor, we come out, collect the alcohol, go right into the business and hold that person who sold it accountable with a ticket. So it's the clerk who gets the ticket and not the business. Exactly. Um, You know, and that's that's been very effective. The citation is over $700. It's not, not cheap. That's not a mistake you want to make. No, and it's not a warning situation. They violated that, and we are very pro-arrest for those situations to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the businesses have gotten better. We've seen improvements in checking of IDs, and that's all we want is we want them to right. follow the rules. We don't want alcohol in the, cha- in the hands of kids. Um, and we do the tobacco ones too. You know, we have those operations where we go through and if they can sell, you know, vaping and all that stuff. It's just making sure businesses, it's the one way that it's pretty consistent across the country of how we hold these retail um, shops accountable. Yeah, there are so many avenues for kids to get substances like alcohol or tobacco i suppose this does not need to be one of those avenues no this is an entirely preventable um opportunity when it's and usually when we catch people they are very embarrassed mm-hmm. they were complacent they they're not bad people right they're not intentionally trying to sell to a minor they're just they made a mistake they made a mistake and they yeah. they got complacent and uh, the citation gets them on track very quickly. And our hope is is that is going to spread around to other places and be like, okay. Yeah, they'll hear about it. They got a ticket? I don't want that. You know, and we've done that before where we've done a a check at a place and wrote a citation and word spreads pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because we're not looking to catch people. We're not trying to be sneaky. We're not trying to do anything. We're just trying to get them to stop. Get them to follow the rules. Yes. That's it. So. All right. Well, thank you, Officer Sullivan. Of course. We are going to take a quick break to learn about the social host ordinance, and then we will be back. Underage drinking is against the law. Hello, this is Rock County Sheriff Troy Knudsen. Under Wisconsin state law, it is illegal for adults to provide a location for underage drinking parties, even in their own home. The first violation will cost you more than $450. Don't worry about being the popular parent. Be the responsible one. Those who host lose the most. This message brought to you by the Rock County Prevention Network. Okay, so just before our break, Officer Sullivan and I were discussing the different ways that JPD and JM4C partner to prevent youth substance misuse. Um, So now I kind of want to switch gears and I want to talk about some of the specific Janesville Police Department prevention efforts. Um, So I've heard about something called the P3 app. Yes. So what is P3? And I mean, first of all, what does it mean? It's police, um, public, and private is what it is. Sectors, basically. Um, It's an app. We've had um, a way to report to police, way to give information to law enforcement to help solve crime for many years. It used to be called Tipsoft. And the creator of Tipsoft came up with P3 tips. And P3 Tips is just another development. It, it's getting with the times of technology, so it's very app-based. 
it's people can download the P3 Tips app uh, by Anderson Software, or they can go to p3tips.com, and it's web-based, and give anonymous information to law enforcement. And Crime Stoppers pays for it in Rock County for all agencies, so it's free to co- the police departments, free to the public. The app is free. And for many years, we got this technology when I first researched it and we came up with it. And what's really unique, Aaron, is that Janesville and Rock County, we were one of the first ones to get this technology. We're oh, trailblazers. For sure. I, and, and I go to the National Conference for Crime Stoppers every year, and we are one of the success stories um, across the country. We were one of the, the first people to do it, and we continue to use it, and we continue to see progress. So how many tips do you get on a typical, I suppose in a typical year, how many tips do you get? Well, we just had our meeting, and we found out that we had 1,300 tips that in we got from the 2019? public in 2019. Wow. And I, I, every time we promote this um, technology, we get tips. And originally, being a crime fighter, okay, I'm a crime prevention officer, but crime fighting is really important to us, and it's really fun to solve a crime. So we, have a, <laughs> we have a crime that's committed, and unfortunately, officers are never in the same right place at the right time, hardly ever. Right. So we have to respond to a call, an, a crime, we have a victim, we have a crime, we've identified a suspect, and we try to solve that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't even have a suspect, but we have a victim and we have a very serious crime. We utilize P3 tips and offer it out to the community that if you have information related to this crime, please download the P3 tips app or go to p3tips.com and give your information to law enforcement anonymously. Once we've started to do that, we find out that people have information. They just don't want to talk to the cops or yeah, talk in, to a dispatch. In this age of technology, I think that everything is on video. Oh, yeah, Absolutely sure. everything is yeah. available somewhere. And a lot of people just don't want to talk to law enforcement. They, or they, they're um, afraid that they're going to be called a rat. Or they just don't want to get involved in it. But they have the information that's necessary for us to solve that crime. So we will... Get, we, we, st- we started using this technology and we started solving crime. But one of the things that we found out that I'm most excited about is that we started to get information about crimes before they occurred. So could you explain what you mean when you say that? Um, with all the school shootings across the country, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of them, majority of them, the FBI did a study and they found out that over 86% of those school shootings someone knew about the plan. They knew about the that this could possibly happen prior to it happening. So they started switching the focus to prevention. They're talking about mental health, talking about um, getting the hands, the guns in the hands of people who are diagnosed with mental health things. Well, law enforcement doesn't know about this stuff a lot of times. Right. People are sneaky. People can have, they're very good at planning this stuff. But what we found is giving someone an anonymous avenue of reporting, a lot of people want to do the right thing. They just don't feel comfortable. They're afraid that they can get in trouble, afraid they're going to get caught. But the anonymity portion of P3 tips is extremely important. And we have proven that if we give that technology to people, they'll use it. We started getting a lot of tips in the schools of students who are contemplating suicide. So you've got a person in crisis, 
a friend of that person has recognized that that crisis, that per, their best friend's having a crisis and won't report it to anybody. So the friend takes this technology, identifies the person in crisis, and one of the cool things about P3 tips is that when we receive a tip, it goes to law enforcement. But we've also added counselors, probation and parole, medical personnel that are, you know, um, really good at the mental health side of mm-hmm. a crisis. Law enforcement now are, are trained in CIT, critical incident training. Now we have officers that can help with people who have mental health issues. They're trained in how to deal with those. So, so our officers are better well trained. You're not just preventing crime. You're preventing loss of life, Absolutely. even if there isn't a crime being committed. We have saved lives. A friend tells us in a timely manner that someone's contemplating suicide. Somebody gives us a, a sends out a tip. To, we've had one say, "I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm I've had enough. I'm sorry." All those keywords that make us, and we're able to talk to the person or talk to somebody. It's anonymous, so it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's difficult. But if the friend gives us a name, gets that person on our radar, it doesn't lead to arrest. That's the thing: is it doesn't need to lead to an arrest needs to lead to help right and resources so 1300 tips is amazing but there are approximately 163,000 people in rock county so how do we get this app into the hands of more people it's and i've said this at our crime stopper meetings it's promotion of this technology never stops it's not just hey we just put it out there in the newspaper or we put it out there on the website anybody out there right now that has a business has some type of following, any reach in the community, they can contact me and I will get them the link to put this on their website, on their social media, and get this into the hands of the people and get it in front of the people that need it. So um, again, it's on that's on the web. So p3tips.com is open to everybody and it's very easy to submit a tip. What's great about these tips also is that Tipsters are able to upload photos and video and screenshots oh. of social media because a lot of those threats and a lot of problems, people put their problems out on social media. So right. friends can take a screenshot, upload that into the tip, and it comes to law enforcement with a bow on it. It's Some of these tips are so full of good information that we can make an arrest right away off of that, or we can get to a student in crisis extremely quickly and get the right person that can help that person quickly. And what happens if an arrest is made based on a tip? So if it's through P3 tips, um, Crime Stoppers pays people for that information. So uh, we will, as a board, we take into consideration all the seriousness of the offense. What is that offense? Um, Number of arrests, how much drugs or property were recovered or taken or sold, and um, and then there's a matrix that we use. So anyone can be um, paid up to $1,000 per our Crime Stopper bylaws. So, oh, wow. Um, for one tip. For one tip. Um, like one of those that rises to the level of that right now that's active is we had a homicide in Janesville recently, and the suspect is Cor- Corvassi Weaver, and we're looking for him. Mm-hmm. This is a homicide suspect who's on the run from us. If we get a tip on him and capture him, Based off that tip, I know for a fact that's the $1,000 level. So we don't get that many of those. 
right. Rock County. We've had a couple. Fortunately, we yeah. don't have yeah, a need for that many. Yeah, yeah you know, so um, if if you're out there now and you download P3 Tips and you've got information on wanted people, um, crimes in progress, you, you want to, if it's a crime in progress, you want to call 911. You don't want to do it through P3 Tips. P3 Tips is right. kind of a... It's, it's a catch-all. It will we'll take it, and the information will go to law enforcement or will go to counselors or whatever it might be. Um, but we're seeing that success, Aaron. I mean, we have saved lives. We've caught criminals, mm-hmm. and we've prevented crimes. And the prevention of the crimes is hard to... It's yeah, hard to quantify. Yeah, quantify. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. And But I, I'm extremely confident that we've taken information and prevented something from happening. And I'm, I'm excited... For the I mean, school shootings can happen anywhere. Right. And, you know, Chad, I would posit that although it's hard to quantify right now, prevention is easy to quantify in the future when you look at the reduction in how many times you made arrests at an underage drinking party yeah. or you see a reduction in theft. You know, whatever the indicator might be you'll see a reduction because you prevented it from happening to begin with mm-hmm. and, and that's great from the prevention side of that and that's deep down in my heart and my soul is crime prevention you right. know and um i wish it was easier to quantify because then you can justify the technology and all that money you're spending and all that time i just know deep down inside that we even in the future, we're, we're preventing major things. We're going right. to solve major crimes. We're going to save a lot of lives because I don't see this technology going away anytime soon. Maybe in the future we'll be able to call you the prevention force instead of the police force. That would be fantastic. Wouldn't that it? A lot less victims out there then. Prevention officer? Yeah. So I have just one more question about P3 tips and then yeah. we can move on. Um, if somebody wanted to advertise P3 tips in their business, is there something on the Crime Stoppers website that can be downloaded, like a sign that businesses could use or a package to? They would have to contact me at this point. I think that's something that that's a good idea to add that to our Crime Stopper website. Mm-hmm. Our Crime Stopper website is stopjanesvillecrime.com, and we do have wanted people on there. We have information on our events and things like that. But we just got our new website up and running, and I'd love to add that the link to be able to pull off of and add to your website and to add that link of submitting a crime tip. Um, that's a great idea, and that will happen. But as of right now, they have to contact me. So my right. office number is 608-755-3134, or they can send me an email, and my email is sullivanc at ci.janesville.wi.us. All right. I Thank can you, get that. So. All right. So, Chad, what is the process of police enforcing underage drinking parties? Let's say a tip came through. You hear that there's going to be an underage drinking party um, out on a county highway or even right in the middle of town. What happens? Well, we respond like any other call for service. Um, if it's a party that we feel we get information, there's a lot of people, we add more officers to that call. So, um we don't always try to be sneaky. We're very go to the door, knock on the door, and if they don't answer the door, we look at all the signs of the house, mm-hmm. and our process is somebody owns that house. So parents might be gone, out to dinner, away on a trip, 
and the kids have taken over the house. So we will. That would never happen. Uh, I've been on those, and <laughs> I've made the phone call to the parents. And generally, we get a lot of cooperation from parents because kids can be sneaky, right? Um, but we have our sneakiness too. Cops can be sneaky also. We have our tricks, but we don't try to trick anybody. We are very open to. We go to the door, try to get them to answer the door. If they don't answer the door, we start making phone calls. We start running license plates. Then we start making phone calls because most kids have their parents' car. And we will eventually, we've had lines of parents lining up to grab their kids from a party. And it's usually not the best for those kids. So so is the most likely result of being caught at an underage drinking party that you call the parents, avoid the DUI, do the kids get a ticket? Generally, yes. They'll get a ticket. Um, and... And in Janesville, our city attorney is really good about if it's a kid who's made a mistake, they don't have a criminal history, um, they're going to get a ticket and they're going to have opportunities to take a class and do deferred prosecution is what it is. Okay. So they don't get hammered that hard right off the bat. So underage drinking tickets, though, are progressive. So the first one's this amount, second one's a little more, third one's a little more. And then there's more penalties that attach to those as these kids accumulate those tickets. Right. Um, but our process is we will, depending on the size of the party, depending on the cooperation, we don't have a mandatory arrest of these kids. I mean, I, I've made the decision that I've had kids that were cooperative making bad choices, and you let the parents come in, they get to handle the discipline. Well, know? and I'm sure the discipline is pretty big, too, especially for the child who's parents unwittingly hosted the party because they can then be slapped with a social host Social hosts, absolutely. And those social hosts are very expensive, 700 plus dollars. Right. Um, and because the state has a baseline, right? And then the jurisdictions usually have extra fees and stuff on top of them. Yep, yep. Um, it'll be one base cost and then there's also surcharges that come onto these tickets and they'll end up being very expensive. Um, we do hold parents accountable and simple it's, it's your very, house yeah and it's Control their responsibility and we've had very serious incidents happen from these underage drinking parties where now parents now have the civil litigation that comes outside of the criminal aspect of it that can be long lasting and expensive right so we just encourage as um, the commercial with the sheriff explaining it's you know it's not it's not time to be the cool parent and have all be the place where these kids can drink because if a kid leaves your house and we and they're intoxicated and hurt somebody, and we ask those questions to see where did you just come from, and if you didn't have some measures in place to prevent them, or if you knew that they were there and intoxicated and and you were providing that alcohol, there are some very serious consequences to that. So actually, that was my next question, and you answered it perfectly. It was, what message would you give parents about providing alcohol to children? Um, and I'd say you hit the nail on the head. And, and what's... The problem with Wisconsin is it's legal to, right. for parents. To, as long as they're in their control, mm -hmm. parents can give alcohol to their kids. But, you know, age comes into play. I mean, I've, if they're 13, 14 years old and they're just giving their kids, that's a neglect issue that could come in and we could get CPS involved that these kids could be in danger if the parents are just not taking steps. I mean, that's extreme. Right. But we, it could happen. We, it could happen. We've had it. I mean, right. I've I've arrested fourteen-year-old kids for drinking and marijuana, mm -hmm. things like that. What we look for is for parents to be 
parents. Right. Okay. You're not their friend. I have a 16 year old. I know I do too. And they want me to be their friend. And, and I have a, <laughs> and I have a 14 year old son yeah. and I am scared and I'm a cop. Okay. And I'm scared. And my daughter has made mistakes and I've mm-hmm. held her accountable. And you know what? It's, I'm seeing results from that because I took the role of parent. Right. It's hard. Yeah. It's and hard. I, you know, I think that as a parent, we struggle with it in the short term, but the long-term results are well worth the yep. struggle during the teenage years. I look forward to when my daughter is 25 <laughs> and graduate college and is still alive. And I'm going to have a conversation with her about, thank you, dad. Right. For doing that way back in the day, I was not smart. You were there for me um, because I do want to see her graduate, get married someday, and be successful. Have kids and be successful. Yeah. But it's it's there's so many things that our kids can get in trouble for. Mm-hmm. They don't have the ability to make great decisions a lot of times. So my advice to parents are: is be a parent first. You're in charge. Know where they're at. Know who they're hanging out with. Communicate with the parents of the kids that they're hanging out with yep. and hold those parents accountable for when your children are with them. I can't explain that enough. I've fell victim to that and had to do my own investigations and realized, and I've learned my life lessons very quickly with my daughter. Um, and if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. And I feel like I'm pretty aggressive as a parent, and, mm-hmm. um, and I've learned those lessons. So best advice is know where your kids are always. Track them. You can do whatever you want with your kids. And it's Hold them so accountable. easy to track them these yeah, days. for sure. To Free know exactly apps. where they're at. And they don't like it, but you know what? Who cares? I don't <laughs> care. I just don't care anymore. It was hard at first. I was I struggled because I wanted the kids to like me and, you know, right. I want them. And, and, and once I've turned that mindset to, I need them to be safe now. They'll be my friend when they're in their 20s. Yeah, it's fine. You know, I look forward in the distant future to the day that I don't argue with one of my kids at least once a day yeah. about not treating them like a baby or, you know, giving them the freedom to do whatever they want. Well, sorry, kid, you're still under my roof. That's and it. for now, I'm going to keep you safe. Yeah. And it's like even cell phones nowadays, it's like, you know, controlling the amount of time they're on their cell phone. That's a mm-hmm. hard one because that's where part of the potential problems occur. And, right. and I don't let my kids have their cell phones in their room at night. It's mm-hmm. too much potential for planning and being <laughs> sneaky. And I'm like, I, you know what, I was young once. And, you know, my wife and I, we, we know that some of those tricks. And I've seen them in my job. But I'm not going to be that guy that allows it anymore. I've been duped. Yeah. I have. I'm, you know, shame on me. Kids do it. But they're they're sneaky and they're good at it. And I'm, I'm going to, I, I feel very confident that I'm better now. Yeah. But it took some education. Mm -hmm. You can't, it's not an easy job being a parent. Everybody out there knows that. Um, it is hard. Someday it will come with a manual. Uh, Well, I tell people if, if there was an answer to the problems I was facing back in the day, um, there'd only be one book. But the problem is in parenting books, there's thousands, thousands right. and thousands of parenting books because there's no one way that works for everything. Um, you just, the one thing I see as a problem is kids that just are not held accountable. Mm-hmm. They're going to make their mistakes. Human beings make mistakes. We all do. It's just when you make that, own it, have some kind of discipline, and be consistent. Um, 
my wife has helped me a lot with that being consistent because she's an outside view a little bit there and right. and that's it's really helped me so um it's hard to be a parent it's hard to be a teenager and you just got to be a resource for your kids and navigating those teenage years as best as you can because the opportunity to make mistakes is so many now with the technology in their hands it's even more it's a lot easier for them to make those mistakes well thank you for providing them with or being part of providing them with an app that can help keep them safe Mm -hmm. and for all that you do um, in other ways to help keep them safe Um, And I'd just like to thank our listeners for joining in today. Chad, it has been wonderful having you on the show. Always. And uh, please stay tuned for our next episode and have a great day. Thanks, Erin. Thank you.